with the entire creation of God, there's never been one like you. Creator of the heavens and the earth, you alone are God who sustains all your creation. By your word, you sustain us. You sustain us. By your word, you sustain the entire creation. Dear Lord, be lifted high, be exalted. High above each and every name. For there is no one else like you in the entire universe, in the entire creation. There's never been one like you, oh God. You are great. You are awesome. Almighty God, you deserve all the glory. Be lifted high, O oh God, be exalted, O oh Father, this morning. We honor you, O oh God. We worship you, Jehovah. Our words are not even adequate, O oh God, to describe who you are. But Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. Have majesty. We worship your God for your presence in this place. We worship your God for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We worship you, Jehovah, for the ministry that you're doing among us. We give you all the glory. Thank you that Lord you dwell among us, your children. Where praises and worship is you dwell mighty among us. May your name be lifted high, your name be exalted, O God, above each and every name, Jehovah. For you deserve all the worship. Be exalted, Lord, be lifted high. Father, it is our prayer this morning. That even as we teach your word, may you, our Lord, O God, open your word unto us that we may know you. And that we may worship you in truth and in spirit. This we ask and pray in the name that is above all the names. The name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I will say, say, Amen. Now we have the drama. Yeah. We are looking at the kingdom of God. This month we are dealing with the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we thank God that uh, Elder Moekwa did a good job in introdu introducing the subject and giving the background. So I'm not going to go back there. So if you missed last Sunday, you can go back to our, our WhatsApp group and you can listen to the message. Is that fair enough? Hello? Thank you. So I'm not going to go back to all what was laid down last week. I'll simply build on top of what was laid down last week. Turn with me if you came to the book of Luke chapter number 1. We are going to read verse 31 through to verse 33. And then we'll read also from Luke, uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 16, 17, and 18. We begin from the gospel according to Luke chapter number 1. Verse 31 through to verse 33 and then we'll read also Romans chapter number 14 verse 16 17 and 18 I commence reading from Luke verse 31 and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus, as translated. He will be great 
and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Hallelujah. We turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 14. Starting from verse 16. My text is verse 17. Verse, verse 16 says, Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating. Tell your neighbor, eating and drinking. <laughs> but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. I'll read this again. Verse 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. There is a semicolon there, meaning it's continuing. And now elaborating it, it says in verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating. Other versions say, it's not consisting of food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, for he who serves Christ with these things that are listed in verse 17, he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God does not consist of eating and drinking it's not a matter of food and drink i know so many people have quoted this passage of scripture from romans without understanding the background for you to understand where paul is coming from you need to understand what is the argument before this verse and the argument before this verse is talking about the strong believers and the weak believers he's talking about those that would eat anything because they understood that they are free in Christ. Because they understood the concept which said, if the Son of Man sets you free, you are free indeed. And so they give themselves to eat anything, even the things that were prohibited by the Jewish culture. And so the others, did not understand that part and they were having trouble when they find their brothers and sisters who were strong in faith who could eat anything without worry who could take any kind of vaccine without worry hallelujah and they looked at those as though they were vaccinated I'm, trying, I'm just trying to tone it down to our context. Because yeah? we have others whose faith is weaker and they feel maybe, just maybe, I was talking to a, a, a colleague of mine, Bishop Chomba in Lusaka, where I was in Lusaka. I was talking to him and he was asking me, Rev, have you taken the vaccine? I said, of course I am. He said, I'm going to watch you for the next two years and see if you'll still be there. <laughs> and I said, then you will wait longer. Because I'm not going to die now. 
Now, this is the context that you have. You have people who would eat anything. They would go even in the marketplaces, in the idol places, where they would sell food that was given to idols, and they would buy it. And they would go and cook it, and give thanks to God, and consume it with gladness. And then when the weaker ones came, and found these believers eating such food, they said, indistinguably, because this food is condemned. And I was coming from there. So he's telling them, say, you who is stronger in faith, you need to be considerate of those who are weaker in faith. For the sake of those who are weaker in faith, be accommodating. Do something that will not make them stumble because they are still weak in faith. Not to say that there is anything wicked about what you eat or what you do not eat. After all, the Bible says, food is for what? Food is for... <laughs> Who has ever answered me correctly? There was only one answer which was correct. Food is for the stomach. That's what the Bible says. It says food is for the stomach. And God will destroy what? Both food and the stomach. There is nothing right and wrong in the food. Hallelujah. Uh, so, brother, yes, there is nothing wrong in the food, including the meat. <laughs> Hallelujah. But for the sake of Brother Nyeres, I'll make sure I don't eat meat when I'm with him. This is the argument behind it. And so he's trying to say, the kingdom of God is about being considerate for the others. The kingdom of God, I thank God that Elder Moepa laid down the principle of what it means to be a kingdom. You are talking of a king and domain, domain, dominion. You are talking of terrain, the spear, an area where one is exerting their authority. Now you have a king and domain. Dominion. That's where dominion comes from. You are given power to dominate. That's why the Bible says he has created a kingdom of kings and princes. So we are part and parcel of that. Because we are given authority also to dominate. The Bible in Colossians says, Christ has lifted us and we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, ruling with him. Meaning each one of us, we are ruling. We are rulers with Christ our brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the kingdom. But anyway, we're talking about the kingdom of Christ. That's why I referred you to the book of Luke chapter 1, where it all starts from. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the angels announced to Mary and told her, you shall have a son, and this son shall be great, good, powerful, and he shall be a king, ruling on the throne of David, and his kingdom shall have no end. His kingdom, meaning Christ, is king. His kingdom, he shall establish a kingdom. Now, the kingdom of Christ is not talking about a kingdom in a particular geographical location. This is a kingdom that supersedes any limitation by any geographical location. It is a spiritual kingdom. And no wonder the disciples had problems to understand what he was talking about. Because his kingdom was not like the kingdom that existed in their time. It was not like the Roman kingdom. It was not like the, the Persian kingdom or any empire that you can think of that existed at the time. The kingdom of Christ comes with different kinds of expectation and different kinds of aspiration. And so it also comes with different kinds of concepts and rules. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he said, in this kingdom, the other kingdoms, for you to survive, you must be strong. The other kingdom, for you to be on the top, you have to kill the weak. For the other king, I mean, talk about the animal kingdom, it's survival of the fittest, right? If an animal is weak, it will starve. You know, the lion that doesn't know how to hunt, it dies. Because it's the survival of the fittest. That's the animal kingdom. But the kingdom of Christ is different. It's a kingdom that holds up even the weak. It's a kingdom that cares for the weak. It's a kingdom that looks after the weak. We used to hear stories of people who say soldiers when they go to battle and when one of them is injured, others will take their guns and kill their own. It's a lie. There is no soldier who do such a thing. You save your own and you ensure that you bring the wounded back home. That's what it means to be a soldier. But we're given wrong concept about being in the military and people are scared of joining the army because your own friends may end up killing you. That's a lie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe Kenneth can correct me on that one, but I don't know where it goes away written that when your own is injured, kill him. It's a lie. The kingdom of Christ looks after the weak. And this is what Paul is trying to emphasize. You have those who have weak faith. You have those who cannot stand certain things. But, but, even the weak also are given the command that you should also learn to be accommodative of the strong. Hallelujah. So it's not just speaking to the strong, but it's also addressing the weak. He's saying the weak also need to learn to strengthen themselves. Why? Because the kingdom of God does not consist in what you eat or what you do not eat. So, by eating certain things or by not eating certain things, it does not make you to be righteous. By drinking certain things and not drinking certain things does not make you to be righteous. Ah, you might have done. <laughs> Reverend, you mean even by drinking certain things, the one we know? Yes. It does not make you righteous by not drinking or drinking. Someone came and asked me, Do you drink? I said, Yes, I do. I said, I drink water. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the first thing they were thinking of, they were thinking of alcohol. I said, no, I take water and soft drinks. I drink. Now, this is what Paul is trying to do. Quickly, I want to, I may end up taking too much time on that. There are three words that Paul uses. He talks about what consists of the kingdom of God. And he's saying, the kingdom of God is not all these other things that you people have built around yourself. You have just made it actually to become a religion. With the do's and don'ts, you have made Christianity to become a religion. Otherwise, Christianity is not about religion. It's not a set of rules. It's about relationship. He's saying, the kingdom of God consists in these three words. And he begin with the first one. He said the first one is righteousness. Righteousness. Now, when you hear the word righteousness, the first thing that comes to your mind, you are thinking of doing things right. No. Remember, Isaiah saying, our own righteousness is like what? Our own righteousness is like so, your own righteousness is like filthy, right? So that does not make you acceptable. Your own righteousness consists of the do's. According to the Jewish arrangement, if you do the following, then you are considered to be righteous. But Christ comes and says, no, that's wrong. For you to be considered to be righteous, this is what should happen. I 
must become sin so that you may become the righteousness of God. Are you listening to me? I know some people are saying that, but where are you getting that? It's there in the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. What does Christ say? Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he tells them something very significant which you and I need to understand. For you to be a part of the kingdom of God, you need to know this and you need to stand on it. You need to keep it in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 verse 21 this is what happens for he christ made him no that is god he made him christ who knew no sin to be seen for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him So we don't become the righteousness of God on our own. We become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So your righteousness is imputed righteousness. It's not out of your effort. It's not because you have done anything. It's not because you prayed five times. Then you are righteous. No. It's not because you... You observe certain set of laws. No. You only become righteous because you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are righteous. Do you know what the Bible says? He calls you saints. I remember having a Bible study with one cell and we were asked, he said, are we saints here? And it was a very hard question. Because everyone was thinking, being saved, you must be holy. I said, yes. Being saved, you must be a person who does things right. So you are a saint. I said, no. God looks at you and he says, you are a saint. Mr. Manamo, you have children. Whether they rebel or they don't rebel, whether they do things right or they don't do things right, they became Mr. Maraumo's children not because they had done anything. Oh, and her children. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not because they had done anything. Not that they chose. If they had a choice, maybe they would have chosen me, not you. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
Christ, begin to act like Christ. Because you are righteous. Ah, look at your neighbor and tell them I'm righteous. Ah, some of them are Tell them I'm righteous. Hallelujah. Ah, look at them again and say, you are looking at the righteous person. Ah, you're not looking at them, please. You are part of my class, eh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not something that we want. This is something that Christ has done for us. Hallelujah. So we appreciate him because the Bible says in Colossians. This is what Colossians 1. Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13. He says something very unique also. He said, God has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Into the kingdom of his son. God has transferred. You used to be a resident of the kingdom of darkness. You used to be a resident with your flock number. <laughs> Hallelujah. You used to be a resident with a flock number of the kingdom of darkness. But God, through Christ Jesus, He deleted that flock number. He destroyed the title deeds. And he moved you and transferred your name into the kingdom of his son. And now he has given you a black number. And he has given you inheritance. He has given you provision. He has given you all sustenance. He has given you all protection. He has given you all that you need. That's what the Bible said. God has blessed us with all kinds of blessings in the spiritual realm that we need for our godliness and for our aid. He transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of his great and marvelous light. That's what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ is a new creation, he's no longer the old person because he has been transferred. And you are given a new identity in the kingdom. You are given new chitupa. I know that language is only understood by Elder Maekwa and who else? Uh, yeah, the others and the others and the others. Chitupa. You know Chitupa, you. In Mohamed yesterday, you don't know Chitupa. Maybe I should use the today's language. You are given an NLC. Ah, you see. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says our names are written in the book of life. In the last book, your name is written. Because you are righteous. And your righteousness is imputed. It's given to you. Not because you went for it, but because you connected yourself to Christ. And his righteousness flows through our blood. That's why when we stand, we say we are children of God. We can lift our hands and praise God and worship Him and He comes down in our midst because, you know, these are my children. They are righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So stop looking down on yourself. Stop condemning yourself. Stop thinking you're nobody. Stop thinking you're going nowhere because you're going somewhere. Stop thinking you own nothing because your father owns everything. Hallelujah. Stop thinking you can't do anything because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stop looking down on yourself. Stop condemning yourself because he said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because condemnation has been removed. It doesn't matter what people may have called you and what they have told you, what they have said about you, and they may have called you names and they have told you things that are not even better to listen to. Listen to what the word of God said. You are on a great pathway, and the pathway you have set yourself up is a pathway that will make you great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, favor is following me. Favor is upon me. Favor is coming my way. Things will be okay for me. Hallelujah. Do you believe what I'm saying this morning? 
Amen. Amen. Why? Because you are now in the kingdom of God. We belong to the kingdom of the Father. We belong to this kingdom because Christ is the king and he's ruling. And now imagine, when Christ is the king, if he was the president of Zambia, you know what will happen to the economy of Zambia? Ah! 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 We can give a good example. Look at Israel. Look at Israel. God's intention was to use Israel as a model where he's king. And that's why he didn't want to give them an ethnic king. They insisted, they fought him. And he said, since you want a human king, I'll give one to you, but he will mislead you. I was the king over you. So they destroyed that. That's why Christ came back to restore that. Now we are in the kingdom of Christ. Christ is the king. He's the ruler. He's on the throne. He's in charge. And your life is protected and secured as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For you to access the blessings of God, you need to understand your identity and your connection in the kingdom of God. You know, there are several times I've traveled out, gone out of Zambia by road or by air. The moment I come back home, after leaving Zambia, even when I get to the border, if I get to the border here at Kazungula, I feel proud to walk in the, in the immigration office. And even when they ask me, ah, we know it. I look at them with authority because I know I'm back home. Hallelujah. I'm back home. And they ask me, how long have you been away? Even on that paper, they even write, how long are you going to stay? I say, forever. <laughs> I'm not visiting. I'm not a visitor. And when I feel I'm being pushed around at the border, I turn around and say, hey, listen to me. I am a Zambian. I belong here. There is no need for you to start torturing me. Others, they have the right, they can do whatever they do. You know, there was a time with Botswana, when you just smile at the immigration officer, they'll put your passport aside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A smile was considered like being rude to them. And they'll put your passport aside, and you'll be there, and you wait until they decide to get in and stand it for you. You may be there for hours. Oh, yes. But if someone was to do that at the Zambian immigration, I'll walk away. And I'll report them. Hallelujah. The reason is simple. I'm back home. I belong here. I have my shikumba. I have my inheritance. This is where I belong. Hallelujah. This is what is happening, children of God. So many things that God has given and made them available. That's why he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask for anything and my Father will give it to you. Why? Because you are entitled. You don't stay. Stay. Abide in the world. Stay in the kingdom. Remain in his principle. Walk by his word. Do things his word. And it will surprise you what the Lord can do in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to end on just one thing. Number two. Peace. Peace. Hey, peace. Peace is priceless. Peace is offered to those who are part of the kingdom. In the context of the text, Paul was looking at peace between the believers. This is a church that was having trouble. Because there are others who feel they are more righteous than the others. There are others who felt they have done the right thing and others are not. So they were judging each other. And so it created tension in the church. And Paul is right in saying, the kingdom of God consists of peace. You need to be at peace with one another. You need to cultivate peace amongst yourself. The kingdom of God is about peacemakers. 
That's why Christ writes in Matthew and he speaks in the Beatitude at the mountain, the seventh of the mountain, and he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for theirs is what? The kingdom of God. So if you are a peacemaker, you belong to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Seek peace. Pursue peace. Embrace peace. Captivate peace. Speak peace. Your language must always promote peace. Hallelujah. We live in a world where peace is a foreign word. We have people who think they can promote peace by using arms. And they have the United Nations Peace Force. <laughs> we are going to send them a peace army. And we have heard people who say, there are soldiers who are going for a peace mission. And yet they carry guns. How do you promote peace with guns? It's almost like preparing yourself for fight, eh? Just in case. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just in case the other guy decides to do something strange, at least I should be able to defend myself. That's not peace. That's not peace. Christ is the Prince of Peace in Isaiah. The prophet said, he shall be called what? Wonderful counselor. Prince of peace. Almighty God. Ruler. Ruler of the whole world. His kingdom has no end. Peace is part and parcel of our ethos. Peace is part and parcel of our conduct. You need to be at peace with one another. Hallelujah. Even in the hall, Manaumo and Mrs. Manaumo be at peace with one another. Hallelujah. Uh -uh. Eh? I thought you would shout the loudest at me. Why do we have abuse? What do you call it? GPV, eh? Gender-based violence. Because there is no peace in the home. Peace starts with you. It starts with you. Firstly, you must be at peace with God. So Christ brings peace. The Bible says he removed a enmity that existed between us and God. And so now we are no longer enemies of God. We are now friends of God. So there is peace now. We are no longer going to hell. We are going to heaven. There is peace now. We are going to live with him forever. Because there is peace now. He will not harm you in his surrounding, in his backyard, if you are his enemy. That's why all the enemies of God and all the devils and the demons and all those that have rebelled, they will not be closed by, they will be sent to hell. Because those are enemies of God. But for you and I, ah, eh, you need to put yourself on the back. Because of what Christ has done, we are at peace with God. Hallelujah. So peace begins by being at peace with God. And also secondly, you need to be at peace with yourself. There are people who are not peace with themselves. You need to be at peace with yourself. Make peace with your own self. You know that there are people who are enemies of themselves. They go in the mirror, they look at themselves in the mirror. She won it. Hallelujah. They ridicule themselves when they look at themselves in the mirror. You know, with us, we are blessed with ears where we come from. Yeah, so. <laughs> When I cut off my hair, you run away when you look at my ear. 
Yeah. Now, some people are going in the mirror and they look at themselves and say, Look at me, macho. Hallelujah. <laughs> and no wonder you have people who end up actually cutting off certain parts of themselves because they don't like the way they look. Yeah? And a charity is that the forefront help you. Why are you shooting there? They come in the saloon and they remove the eyebrow. <laughs> And then they use what you call that thing? Hydro pencil. Now I get I'm living it. They use hydro pencil and they paint their own. And instead of making them what they want, God made them, they put them in the Uh-uh. Hallelujah. No one nowadays funerals have become very artificial. You go to funerals nowadays, the way people cry. Oh. Even meet in the evening secretly. 
They even call each other, they talk to each other. And you are busy chasing each other with thoughts. Uh-uh. We need peace. Hallelujah. You should make a covenant with yourself. I will not lift a stone and throw at a fellow person, a human being. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Even if someone is wearing a different color from what you're wearing, it's not a warrant for you to pick up a stone and throw it at the other person. Be at peace. Hallelujah. When you are at peace with yourself, you let to be at peace with someone. Hallelujah. If you don't know peace, you will not pass on peace. First of all, you need to be at peace. So you learn how to pass on peace to the other. Are you listening to me this morning? Amen. This is the kingdom of God we're talking about. Christ said, I come to promote the kingdom and the kingdom principle are such that you should look out for the other and be at peace. Lastly, number three. He said, joy in the Holy Ghost. He said, the kingdom of God consists of these things. Firstly, righteousness. Secondly, peace. And thirdly, joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, I was, I was so intimidated by you people today. When I invited the young people to come to the front, the children, when the children came to the front, I told them, I sing a song, I taught them a song. Those of you came later. I taught them a song, and as they were singing, I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, joyful all the time. I'm in right. I'm looking at you people. All of you are looking very sad. And I'm looking at you. They will not even lift their hands because they are so scared. The owners of this place look so cold. I have to encourage the young ones by coming down. I told them, let's sing this song with signs. Even when I take that, I'm in right, I'm right, down Joyful all the time. You can see that the kids are not even free to sing joyfully in the house of the Lord. Because the owner, they look so sad. Nipeko. <laughs> Is it the cold that makes us look so sad and intimidating? I don't know. I remember sharing with you a story of a friend of mine who was from Jamaica, a professor. He worked. He used to pastor a church in Jamaica. So for those of you who are worried about that, don't worry, I'm finishing. He used to pass the church in Jamaica. And each time you go to church, you'll find these guys standing by the corner, just a short distance from the church, where the church was. And each time you pass, you'll find them in the morning as if going to church, driving by. And when they knock off, you pass by, you find them. They're still there. Two hour service, one hour, 30 minute service, you find them. They are there. You find them there, you go to church, you come back, they're still there. You leave them there. And he saw this happening for a long time. And he decided to evangelize. Hallelujah. So he stopped one day and stopped by and said, You guys, I'm going to see you here. And I'm thinking, Why don't you come and join us one day? Come and worship with us. I mean, there's a church just around the corner. You can see there. And ah, you're the pastor there. He said, Yes. And you want us to come there. Now, this is a Jamaica. Hey, man, you want us to come there now? <laughs> And he said, yeah, I want you to come and worship with us. We will have a lovely time there. And he said, my goodness, man. If you can talk to your people, the way they look when they come out of there, man. Uh-uh. We don't want you to be part of that crowd, man. They look so sad, man. <laughs> there are no faces where intimidating people. People are scared to go there. Wondering, what do you give them, man? <laughs> Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Medicine for not growing older faster. 
Learn to celebrate. Hello. Those who have done biology will tell you that it takes a lot of muscles to make recalls and to frown. Less muscles are used when you smile. So please smile, sir. Hallelujah. It's a pity nowadays we have masks, but please smile. Learn to smile. Wear a smile. It's welcoming, it's inviting, and it's encouraging. When you see people smiling, hallelujah. And that's what the Bible said. Joy is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Why do we rejoice? In the midst of trouble, we rejoice. Why? Because we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Hallelujah. So even the worst crisis that we may be going through, we know that the Bible said, when we pass through the valley of Baca, you turn it round into a place of rejoicing. Hallelujah. Learn to rejoice. Learn to rejoice. Yesterday I was talking to my young brother and he found me in the midst of laughing and then I answered the phone. He found me laughing. He said, hey, share the joke. I said, you know what? We need to learn to laugh more. I said, this world is full of stress. Full of stress. And you need to learn to laugh. Hallelujah. And you know after it's contagious. When you're with people who laugh and smile, you also learn to laugh and smile. Hallelujah. It's also an indication of self-confidence. I know some people say, you know, when laughing, you should laugh like a man. <laughs> anyway, laugh. Especially men. Can I hear an amen from you? <laughs> uh, you know, now you are even training these young men. They don't even know how to laugh now. Sorry. You know how to laugh. He's learning.
sing hymn number six, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Indeed, Jesus is our Lord, Jesus is our Savior, is our King, is our Messiah. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. 